Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Freedom from Pornography. I'm so glad you joined me today. Um, this is where we just talk about things, all things related to pornography, addiction, recovery, and trying to help make sense of it all. Because let's face it, it's a very complicated, very um, convoluted topic to talk about. And there are many, many aspects involved to it that can either help you or hinder you or trigger you. Um, but this is kind of a podcast just to kind of talk about the things that trouble us and make it difficult. But today, there are a couple of things I want to talk about. One, I got a brand new microphone, so hopefully this sounds much better to you guys listening to this. Um, just thank you guys for tuning in and listening. So appreciate each and every one of you. And if you find value in this, please like it and share it on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to. You can also message me, email me, um, and then I love to hear from you guys, your thoughts on the podcast, things to make it better, topics you'd love to hear about. And if you could also share it with your friends, share it with somebody who needs to hear it, that would be awesome. But the first thing I want to talk about was I was listening to uh, the Covenant Eyes podcast the other day. They have a great podcast that they started a couple years ago. And Covenant Eyes is a software accountability program that I use personally. They're great. Um, it just really helps keep you accountable to what you're looking at online and viewing online. And you have to answer to whoever you choose to be your accountability partner. But one of the podcasts, and I remember which episode it was, because I've listened to a bunch of them, um, just kind of binging on all the podcasts that they have, just trying to learn as much as I can to gain as much knowledge as I can to be able to share it with you guys and to be able to help you guys out. But the podcast, one of the questions that came up was very interesting and kind of a totally different take on pornography and kind of looking at it from God's perspective and just trying to take you out of the present situation, um, specifically when you were very first exposed to pornography. The question was, where was Jesus when you were exposed to porn or were molested or abused? What was he doing? And when I first heard that question, it hit me like, well, Jesus wasn't there because sin was going on. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Don't skate over that so fast. Take a step back and really think about it. Where was Jesus when I was exposed to porn? And what was he doing? Or for those of you that have been molested or um, abused, sexually abused, verbally, physically abused, one is, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Two is, Jesus loves you no matter what. Everybody's story is different, and I'm not going to assume anything other than that I am sorry that was wrong what happened to you, no matter the circumstances, no matter what happened, that was absolutely wrong what happened to you. And, but back to the question of where was Jesus when you were exposed to porn? The very first time that I was exposed to porn, oh man, I was probably nine, 10 years old, somewhere in there. Um, and just looking back at it, 
as a 35 year old now just wondering like well what was what was jesus doing when that happened when i was very first exposed to it and the initial thought was it's just like oh he turned away in anger in he was ashamed of me is kind of the thing that i first thought of and i was like well no hold on there's way more in depth more way more involved in this and now that i'm a little older a little wiser and another 35 years lord willing i'm still around i'm going to be even looking at this and be like wow you had no idea what you're talking about <laughs> but the um that's just kind of the beauty of as we age and we learn more and gain more life experience as to what how we view the situations that we are in or what we've lived through um our perspectives change and our thoughts change but the way i viewed it now is that it was and they even talked about this in the covenant eyes podcast the speaker who talked about this question was that it was jesus was there he was right there beside you and he was crying he was angry not at you he was angry at the devil for pulling you into this and trying to corrupt your heart and i just think of jesus just sitting there and being all like stop you have no idea what this is gonna do just run away please run away please 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 run away but Jesus is also the Lord of redemption and can redeem us no matter what we've done, no matter what we've been through. And I think of those that have been abused or molested and how devastating those situations are and how much it can shape your mind and your mindset and shape your heart and the lies that you believe, the agreements that you make about yourself, about how you feel and about your worth and Jesus knows all so he knows what's coming and he knows the devastation that it's going to wreak on you and the havoc that's going to be dealt with for generations to come and I think that Jesus is just very very angry and is sad as well when especially as a kid, your very first, very first exposure to this stuff. Cause he's like, this is not how it was supposed to be. This is not at all what we as the triune God intended for humanity. This is not at all what we wanted. And there will come a day when we will be re fully redeemed. And Oh, I can't wait for that day. But the point with this first part of this podcast today is that I want you to hear that Jesus loves you. He cares deeply about you and he is fighting for you. He is sending an army of angels to fight for you. And he will try and win your heart back. And he is going to do anything that he possibly can to protect you. And... 
the part that we got to change is our mindset about it. There's like, okay, the decisions I make today, yeah, I am very much responsible for that. Even decisions as a kid, I'm responsible for those decisions. But how can I overcome that? What do I need to do today to change my mindset around that? Can Do I need to live in a victim mentality? Or can I change it to an overcomer mentality? The the victim mindset goes into despair and to shame and the pity parties. And I will say I've been there. It it sucks. It absolutely sucks when you're living in the thick of it and you don't know how to get out of it. And you're just feeling trapped and just in that vicious hamster wheel cycle of just constantly the shame cycle and I feel bad about what I did but then there's pornography that makes me feel a little bit better but then I feel bad about what I did and it never satisfies and it's like heroin you constantly have to get more in order to get that same high any sort of drug you constantly have to get more in order to get that same high So where was Jesus when you were first exposed to porn, when you were molested or abused? Where was Jesus during that time? What was he doing? Was he sitting there yelling and screaming at you and telling you how bad of a person you were? Absolutely not. If he was yelling and screaming, he's yelling at the devil and is just super, super pissed off at him and just so angry that he is that the the devil is destroying your heart destroying your mind as i go more into more into my recovery and gain this freedom and this experience of what god truly intended our lives to be and what we were created to be it's an incredible feeling and it makes me long for that so much more that I don't even want to go to pornography anymore. I'm turning towards the good things. It's a fight every single day and it gets easier over time to turn away from it. As you rewire those neurons, as you rewire your mindset, as you rewire your heart and what are you truly longing for? It does get easier. The other thing that I want to talk about in the second half of this podcast, um, this was something that our pastor talked about on Sunday, was about the hardening of the heart. And I'm just started in the book of Exodus in my daily devotions, but they were talking about how Pharaoh hardened his heart and how much that can also affect how you view the world, how you view people, how you treat women. And pornography will absolutely harden your heart. It will make you callous to other people and your relationships. And I saw this in myself where at the drop of a hat, I would just get angry. And I'm like, where did that come from? And I didn't realize what the pornography was stealing from my heart and how much it was making it hard without even realizing it. And the argument that so many people make is when they're viewing pornography is like, oh, it's not hurting anybody. 
Eh, yeah, it is. I hate to tell you, it is. You don't see the effects of it. Um, it's a slow fade, and your heart doesn't become hard overnight. But from the time that you were exposed to pornography as a kid to you using it every day or however often you're using it, it can make your heart very, very calloused. And it can make you bitter and angry and sad. Depression is huge. It's very much, even though there's that 12 inches there, between your mind and your heart, they are still very much connected. And I'm kind of learning more and more about how much soul care, heart care, mindset care we need to do every single day in order to be the best that God has created us to be. If you're not taking care of yourself, you're going to burn out eventually. And it's been so life-giving just to be able to focus and take care of myself and to focus on my heart and softening up my heart. So then you might be asking, okay, JT, how do I soften my heart? Well, our pastor gave me three great examples here um, to how to get, how to keep a fleshy heart is what he called it. And the first thing was to cultivate a life of prayer. And I know my prayer life sucks. It's it, just in the last, since Sunday, listening to this message, I've kind of really tried to start focusing on it and just giving myself permission to not always feeling like I have to be listening to something. Anytime that I get in the car, I need to be listening to a podcast. I need to be listening to music, something out on a walk. I got to listen to something to make myself better. And I strive for that. I strive for the excellence in all things that I do. Um, that's just who I am and that's just how I'm wired. But I felt like when I heard that message and our pastor was saying, cultivate a life of prayer was to hold on, take a step back, just relax, be mindful, be present and to just sit and pray. And then I'm like, well, okay do I, how do I pray? And that's a hard thing because it's, it seems like it's a one-way conversation and sometimes it feels like the prayers don't go anywhere. One thing that our pastor said was to how to do this is when you're reading the Bible, you just pray what they're talking about. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. Things like that, forgive me of my sins. Wipe away every tear from my eye. Oh, how I long for that, Father. And I'm going through John Eldridge's um, pause app, and they they he wrote a new book called Resilient, and then he also created a thing in there on the resilient book. And each day there's two pauses in there. They're about 10 minutes just to sit and listen. And he's talking right now about loving God. Oh, how I love you, Jesus. I love you for the sunrise. I love you for this coffee that you gave me. I love you, even though I don't drink coffee, but you get my point. I love you for chocolate uh, that you 
put on this earth. You gave us the cocoa beans and we figured out how to make chocolate. That's freaking incredible. <laughs> and just loving Jesus for the things that you have and the beauty in nature. I love you for the snow on the ground. It is so beautiful. I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. And just taking a minute just to slow down and to be present. And that just in a day and a half has really changed how I view um, my prayer life. It There's no thing that says it has to be set in stone. And it shouldn't be. You shouldn't be saying the same thing verbatim. I'm guilty of that. Um, and I'm trying to teach my son that too, that it's just like, be mindful of what you're talking about with God. And if you don't know what to say, just sit and be quiet. Sometimes that's better just to sit and meditate on the presence of God. Think about what it's, what would, what it's like to sit in the presence of God and go to that place of where we were talking about earlier. Where was Jesus when you were molested and met, exposed to porn or abuse? And go back to that time and sit there and just be present with Jesus and look at it through the eyes of Jesus. Don't look at it through your eyes or the eyes of the abuser. Look at it through the eyes of Jesus. I think that'll be very, very valuable to some of you guys and very life-changing to look at it from the eyes of Jesus as to what is going on, what, what happened there. The second part was um, learn to welcome for going back to how to keep a fleshy heart. The second part that our pastor talked about was learn to welcome correction. And it was in Proverbs, I think it was, where he was talking about how a fool hates correction, but a wise man seeks out counsel. And you got to be open to being told when you're wrong and to being told when, hey, you're headed down the wrong path. Warning, warning, warning. Don't go down that way. And that's where you need that band of brothers that's going to hold you accountable and be truthful to you when things like that happen. Because we get our blinders on. It's so easy just to be trugging along, trugging along, and not even get, not even see the freaking jet come swooping in and just completely obliterate you and take you out. Because you're so focused on whatever you're focused on, and you're like, oh, life is good. I'm all great. Da, 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 da. And all it takes is a simple car accident can completely upend your whole life. Um, especially if a death is involved, a family member, close friend, anything like that, it can completely flip your life. So, sorry, that was a side tangent, but be willing to welcome correction and know that you don't always have it figured out. <clears throat> know that you are human and it's okay. That is okay. That's who you are. We don't have it all figured out, nor will we ever. But to be willing to accept that correction when things are going wrong and to not always have our blinders up, just to be kind of constantly scanning around and to be wary of when the devil's going to attack, because he will. And that 
when you close yourself off to correction and to wise counsel and to that band of brothers, you harden your heart because you get this know-it-all attitude. And I've been there. I've seen it in other guys. It is so hard to break through to them and just to correct them when they are so laser focused on my way or the highway. You can't reach a person like that. And that their heart, and I've done it, my heart just gets very, very hard. And you don't want to listen to what other people have to say. And pornography really does that too. It'll make you harden your heart. The third topic and final topic that um, our pastor talked about, how to keep a fleshy heart, was stay faithful in worship. And... I have not done a good job of this recently, um, kind of starting to change my thought process with it of constantly trying to listen to something educational, something on a podcast or something like that, but just slow down and listen to good worship music. It doesn't have to be long doing your 10 minute drive to work, um, alternating back and forth between a time of just being quiet and talking to God, talking to Jesus while you're driving to work, talking to the Holy Spirit. But also you need to have that time of worship too. And for me, I feel like the time when worship really comes in, well, when the Holy Spirit really wants to move is during times of worship. And I'm no theologian, but I feel like that's the time that the Holy Spirit really likes to work and to work in your heart. And he speaks with that still small whisper. So how are you cultivating worship? My biggest thing that I'm listening to right now is Maverick City Music. They are so good at just leading people into worship and to taking you into the presence of God. No matter where you're at, just pull up Maverick City Music. You can go onto YouTube, Spotify, Apple, any of those. And you will find some great, great worship, Chris Tomlin, any of those guys. It's not hard. Just put on some worship music in the background when you're making dinner. Um, put on worship music when you're driving to work, coming home. It really reframes your mindset to listen to worship music instead of politics or the news or anything like that. Because... I honestly don't listen to the news or watch things anymore. I find out things secondhand through other people that be like, wow, I didn't know that happened. Um, the current events, I don't stay on top of it because I've chosen not to listen to the that. It's all negative. It's depressing. Every once in a great while, I'll turn it on to see if there's anything. And I just feel very down and depressed when I turn that on. So I challenge you to, instead of turning on the news, turn on some worship music and draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And all you have to do is just sit there. You don't have to sing. If you want to sing and belt it out, belt it out. It doesn't matter how great of a singer you are, or how bad of a singer you are. God doesn't care. And it works on your heart and it works mysterious ways on your heart and softening your heart. And just being open to that and to being open to the change that God has for you. 
So that's kind of my encouragement for you guys today is how are you softening your heart? Don't let your heart get hard. Don't be like Pharaoh and hardening your heart and wanting nothing to do with um, people or God or any of that stuff. Pornography will rob you of that and it puts calluses over your heart and makes your heart very, very hard. So one way to fight against the pornography is keeping that fleshy heart. Cultivate a life of prayer, learn to welcome correction, and stay faithful in worship. I hope this encourages you guys today and that it'll help somebody somewhere that needs to hear this message of how to, gives you kind of some practical steps of how to fight against this pornography. And also just kind of helps you reframe it from the mindset of, Jesus and looking through his eyes when you struggle with it. His heart breaks. But I want you to remember you are smart, you are kind, you are brave, you are strong, you have what it takes. I love each and every one of you. God created you and there is nobody else like you, nor will there ever be, there never has been, nor there will there ever be another you. Don't waste your life because Satan has taken you out. Fight. Keep the good keep up the good fight. The Lord be with you. Jesus loves you. And go have a wonderful day and make the day great. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Again, if you like the podcast, please leave a review. And I would also love to hear from you guys too. So go to freedomfrompornography.com. You can send a contact form, contact me that way. You can go to Facebook, I'm on there as well. And I would love to hear from you guys. Send me a message. Let me know what you think. Let me know if this resonated with you guys. Let me know if there's any topics you want to talk about. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.